Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 128 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to have a great marathon experience. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners and welcome to episode 128 hi laddie and runners hey ryan how's it going it's friday it is and a long weekend of a lot of halloween festivities so today is october 28th this podcast will air on October 31st. So happy Halloween to all of you guys. I hope you guys run in costumes. And if you do, you can tag us, tag us <laughs> on our Instagram at running podcast. Don't attack us. So you like running in costumes. I do. Well, I did more before kids. Now I we don't dress up anymore. We just dress our kids up. But there was something to be said. We used to have a running group in Los Angeles and we would dress up for Christmas runs and all sorts of stuff. It was fun. It was fun. Makes it, uh, mixes it up. Yeah. But now we also live in Florida, so it's kind of hard to wear anything besides a sports bra and some shorts. It's definitely hotter to do that now. It's getting, it, there's a couple cold days though. It's going to be getting nicer soon. Yeah. And when we say cold, we're talking about 60s. Yes. So everything. I don't think it, I think it's upper 60s too. In the nighttime, not even during the day. It's all relative. <laughs> so like with costumes, there are, Lots of things that you can do to increase your marathon experience. And so that's what you're talking about today? Yes. Very smooth, Ryan. <laughs> the transition? You like the transition? There? I like it. I like it. Today, we're going to talk about what it takes to make a marathon great. And spoiler alert, it's not just a PR, if that at all. It can be about a number of things. I guess everyone's individual and unique, right? So some people, maybe it's the PR, but other people, it's the experience. And you commonly talk about just enjoying it when you run, which I think is cool. Yeah, and I also feel like we all always hear that we need to PR and we need to get better, which, of course, that's great. At the same time, there are other factors in life that make things harder and we're also aging. And I feel like once we uncuff ourselves from the golden handcuffs of a marathon, can you say that? I don't know. No, golden handcuffs are for money. So unless you're winning. So no, once you see the light and you realize that, hey, guess what? We're in our 30s and 40s, and we might not make it to the Olympic trials. And that running can be about so much more once you free yourself of that heavy uh, weight of always putting that pressure on yourself. We do that in so many things in life. We don't also need to do it for running, right? We can if you want to, if you enjoy that. But if you're feeling like you are not enjoying racing as much, then maybe this episode has some great tips for you. 
So you want to introduce your guest for the podcast? Yeah, so today I am talking to Sierra from Run, Thrive, Survive. She has a podcast too, and I met her online on Instagram. We'd been chatting and recorded some previous episodes before, and then we finally met in person in Chicago and ended up hanging out quite a bit for for that weekend. And so we actually, prior to flying back to our homes, talked about how great of an experience Chicago was for us despite the fact that we didn't even go to PR. So we figured maybe it's a good time to record something like this. So let's go into the conversation. All right. So without any further ado, here is the conversation. All right. So I'm here with Sierra Carter. Sierra, thank you for joining me. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on again. I'd love to be here. Yes. And we actually just saw each other for the first time, met each other for the first time in person, which was at the Chicago Marathon, which we can't stop talking about, even though it was three weeks ago. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) And so now um, we've decided to make an episode on how to have a good racing experience. And we're going to use some Chicago examples because obviously we both kind of went through it together, but just to generalize it for our audience um, that is nervous, that is going to be doing a marathon anytime soon and want to make sure that they just also um, have an enjoyable experience. So I guess we can start with our first point and um, how, how that even happened. How did we get there? And I think the first thing I wrote down was to manage expectations because you and I both approached Chicago in a way that we weren't going to try to PR. Uh, From my personal experience, I had done Chicago before in 2019. It was a completely different trip and I was trying to go fast and that was all I was focusing on. And um, so just, just to kind of use that as an experience. It wasn't a great experience. I almost didn't do Chicago again. I've been deferring this race forever. And, you know, when you manage your expectations, you kind of come to terms that not every race needs to be your A race. And, you know, in running, it's kind of one of those things you get what you put in. So if your training wasn't the best, then just know that it's okay to not have your best race. No, you know, that's funny. That's one of my points too, that you, we, we definitely had the same goal in this because I was coming at, it was like almost redemption from 2019 because it was the worst race I had ever run in my life. I was so sick. I I think I cried maybe like eight or nine miles out of that entire race in Chicago because I was so cold. I was sick. I shouldn't have been there. I didn't really train for it because I had just done the marathon. I was like, it'll be fine. And it's like I went to this race instead of thinking I'm going to PR and make it my best race ever. All I wanted to do was just make it better than what happened in 2019. And that was like my only goal. And I had just had to beat like a 416 marathon and just enjoy it. Like that's all I had to do was to make it better. And that's what I set myself out for. And I be my own expert. That's awesome. But I feel like even if you did train super hard and you are ready for a PR, there's a way of going into this race with confidence because you know that your training is done and you can manage the expectations. You can't change the weather. You can't change a lot of things on race day. So even if we are going for a PR, into a race, there's a way of relaxing, knowing that the hard work has been done. And this is kind of the icing of the cake. And what better way of approaching it than with a relaxed mind and, you know, just, just open to face whatever challenge will come focus 
and push when you feel like you should. But, you know, again, it's one of those things you get what you put in. If your training hasn't been the best, you know, you've, you've trained a lot more five years ago and now don't, don't go in expecting the same results because it's just going to, you're going to fall short and it's going to feel like crap. So (laughs) (laughs) you're going to have to come back for another redemption race. You know, it's one of those. And that's the thing. Um, another couple of things I wanted to mention besides kind of outside of the race is if you're going to one of these races, you're paying a lot of money for the entry fees, mm-hmm. be selfish and make it your experience. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm saying that because you're, you're coming and you're already spending that much money to be there you know, immerse in the running community, go to the running community events. If that's what you want, if you want to go to the expo and listen to certain speakers that motivate you or, you know, meet certain people, then, then do that. Yeah, no, honestly, I, we talked a little bit about this, especially with Phil and um, Carlita, but we, it was nice that we were all there alone. Like we were with each other, but we were all just traveling on our own. And I personally, that's a, this is the first race I've traveled to by myself without my boyfriend. And I mean, I thought I was going to be like, oh, this is kind of sad. I don't get to and spend it with him. And like, I was sad. Okay. If he ever listens to it, I was sad. Like I missed him. <laughs> but at the same time, it was so awesome getting to know runners a little bit more than I would have if... I was there with him and we went out and did something on our own. I got to, you know, meet, I got meet you guys. We went out for lunch. We, I went to the expo for a while. I mean, like all these meet and greets, I wasn't on anybody else's time, but my own, that was a whole new experience on its own. And I love that. Like that honestly was so much fun. Absolutely. And I I can only emphasize that too. I've, I'd been a solo traveler before I went backpacking in Southeast Asia and that happened because I didn't have any friends that were able to join me for that time. And what I learned from that is if you're into something, it's awesome doing something on your own because you'll meet people along the way. I met so many other solo travelers, solo backpackers at the time, and you all kind of have the same goal. And at the same time, you have the freedom to just leave everyone and go see whatever castle you want to see. And then re-meet up. And so now fast forward that I'm a mom, you know, from our perspectives, we travel a lot as a family, but then we also give each other time. You know, my husband goes on surf trips. I go on my running trips. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people get really worried about that. I mean, like I had, I had a friend ask me the other day, like, you know, is it weird that I'm doing a 5k on my own? And I was like, no, absolutely not. And I was like, go there. I was like, I promise you, everybody around you is probably going to talk to you. They're going to say something like people just like, especially in the running community, they're so open. They're just want to talk to you. They're going to ask you questions probably about your training. So just, you know, be prepared to answer them. But, (laughs) and if you didn't train, just be prepared to like either make something up or saying you didn't train. I don't know, but like everyone's just there to have fun. And like, granted, you always have the, like the one or two bad apples, but don't go off of that because especially at these majors, people are so fun. Remember that one guy that took our picture of the sunrise before um, the race? Like he just came up, talked to us and he was like walking with us for a while. And we just all, you know, just had this cool conversation. And it's just things like that, where it's just, don't be afraid to say hi to people. Yeah. 
So for our listeners, um, let's talk about some of the events that are available for people when they go to a marathon. So I'm going to start with obviously the expo, unless you're going to Tokyo, where apparently you have assigned pickup times. I think the expo is something that I sometimes even, you know, I'm not going to lie. I went to it twice. Uh, so I feel like that's one of the events that you can go to that really gets you into racing mode. Yeah, no. And I think, well, Tokyo, you said has assigned times. Yes. New York has assigned times too. Oh, wow. So, but Chicago did not. So, you know, it just, it depends on where you go. Um, the world majors, definitely the expos are huge. They're a really big event. And some of the smaller um, races, I know the Revel. So you're doing the um, Big Bear. Revel expos are actually really awesome. I really like the Revel Expo that was here in, for Big Cottonwood because it wasn't as crowded as the World Majors, so I could actually spend a lot more time with the vendors, and the vendors are awesome, and I even got to do like the compression boots and everything like that without having to wait in line for like two hours because I'm at a World Major and then there's a long line around the corner. That's a really good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But yeah, I mean, I, I I just don't like the races that much. And of course, it's not the race's fault. The smaller races, when they have an expo and it consists of, you know, a package pickup at a running store where right, that's right. it. It and, kind and of that happens. It happens to the smaller races. So but if you go to a bigger race, then that's one of the things you can definitely go to. Oh, yeah, I love it. And the expo is just so much fun. Enjoy it. Carve out time for it. Don't rush through it. I've done the same thing as you have. I've just rushed through it. And you're like, oh, I should have spent longer there. It's always time to go back. <laughs> I know. I gotta, gotta go back next year. Why? Oh, I didn't get to the expo. <laughs> yeah. So another event that there is um, the pre-race dinner. So if you're having a race on Sunday, most of them are on Sunday. Sometimes you can even have two, right? You have a Friday night if you get there on time or a Saturday night or both. And mm -hmm. I think that's also cool. You can look them up on Facebook. You can look them up by sponsors, brands. Sometimes they have some sort of uh, carbo loading dinner, quote unquote, where it's a running community event. And, you know, if you're somewhat outgoing or even not, you can just go there with whoever you're traveling with and sit down for a meal with fellow runners and, you know, talk about the stuff we love talking to, talking about, which is running. Now, did you wait? Did you go to the one that was sponsored, a, um, a race dinner that was sponsored by a company? I didn't for this race. For this okay. race, my friend has a running club and she oh. picked a really cool restaurant that I went to. And she had a lot of uh, world major. She's done the world majors multiple times, all six of them. She has, I don't know how many stars, but so she organized that. And it was really interesting people from all parts of the world that had traveled and we exchanged, you know, social media accounts and stuff like that. And later on tracked each other. It was really cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah, no, I've never been to one of those race dinners. I when I was going to do Boston 2020, I signed up for one, one of their pre-race dinners that just put on. But, you know, other than that, no, I've never done the pre-race dinner with anybody sponsored sponsoring it. I well, really a lot of the times the events themselves, like I know Berlin had a pasta dinner, which I missed. I, I just oh. chose to go somewhere else, but they have, I can't even imagine. It's probably like a cafeteria style pasta dinner, but it doesn't really matter because it's all runners in there. And so that could be cool. Right. It's, a, it's, it's the vibe. It's, it's getting everybody excited. And I honestly think with that being said, that vibe that we've all had, that's why most of us did so well, where we're just like, we're just all super excited rather than, oh, I'm scared. I know I'm going to be hurting later on. Sorry. Side note. <laughs> 
No, absolutely. And then um, another event to join. So there's going to be two. We're going to talk about, well, there's always a shakeout run, but let's talk about pre-organized 5Ks. A lot of the times, oh. big events host 5Ks the day before. And I think that's a great option if you're not traveling solo that you can go to with a family member or your fellow travelers, or even for yourself as a shakeout run, where you do your five miles. A lot of times, for example, in Chicago, you got a hat and everybody's raving about this, you know, hat for the winter time. So I think that's a really cool event to go to as well. That gets you into race mode. Yeah. Everyone loves, I think if you're doing Chicago, does, do you know if New York has one? I don't know if New York has one, to be honest with you. I don't I'm think they sure. do like a famous one, but like Chicago has a famous 5k right beforehand to get that hat. And I did it in 2019. I didn't do it this year, but I think, I think it's just the coolest thing. You know, you get a hat, you go out and have fun. Don't race it. <laughs> Please don't race that. If you're, going to do, if you're going to race on Sunday, don't race the 5K. Yes, absolutely not. So that compared to a shakeout runs, I think to me in my head, since I'm not racing any 5Ks before, I think the shakeout runs make a little bit more sense. The way to find them is, well, I found one of them through you, but there's always, you can Google it. You can type in your marathon and see if anybody, usually it's brands or certain locations, running shoe stores that host five shakeout runs. Or if you're a part of some kind of online running club, you can host your own. Yeah, no, it's true. And I think that's the coolest thing about it because, you know, we don't have to go to a specific one shakeout run. Like you can, you can make it your own too and find the smaller ones or the bigger ones. Like you don't have to be in a crowd, like just find something that will pep you up the day before the race shakeout runs. This is the first time I did a shakeout run before a marathon. And I think it really helped my legs, especially after traveling. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that was your first one before. Yeah, I've, I mean, like I've, I usually, what I usually do is my training. Like I stop running completely. So if the race is Sunday, I stop running Wednesday is my last day running. So I take three days off right before the race. And that's what I usually do. Like, of course I walk and I do yoga and I do light things, but I never run. So this was the first time that I broke that up and I ran, we did what, two miles, two nice slow miles, right. This on Saturday kind of got my, you know, my I guess my blood flowing the day before, and it made me feel better throughout the day. And when I woke up the next morning, I felt so much better. I didn't feel sick because I had been carb loading and eating all this, you know, stuff right before the race and not running. Um, I, I eat, I, I eat healthy except my fries. I love my fries. Those can't not, cannot be taken away, but like, this is the first time I did a shakeout race. And I think I'm going to do that every single time because I just felt so much better. I 100% agree. Usually they say to do three miles or so, maybe some strides too. But to me, I mean, I feel like trainings on the books, whatever you put in is already going to be what it's going to be. To me, it was more like a mentally easing up a little bit because you're still nervous regardless of what your goal is for the race. Mm -hmm. And that way you can kind of also, you know, get to know people from the community. I lined it up with yours and I invited uh, Phil who then brought a friend. Phil had been on my podcast before he's currently battling with stage four cancer. And this was my chance to finally meet him in person. So to me, it was more of a social event. Yes, you're moving, but you're moving anyway. And yes. that way you really can, you know, again, experience the running community and I guess find what your why for me, the why of running is because it's such a, it's, it's almost like church for the people that go to church. It's, it's a very close thing and you get that out of it too. 
No, it's so true. It really, I, I love that you keep saying that it's like, it's like our church. And I think that's a very real thing. I mean, I'm not saying we're not religious, but I'm just saying it's a very real thing that if you have something that you do and it's on a very routine basis, it's your community. It's something that, you know, gives you hope. It gives you faith. And I can honestly say running bring, you know, get, makes me more, a more positive person. It brings me hope. Like you can accomplish things that are greater than you think you can. Like your body's an amazing thing. It's just little small things like that. And those realizations really do help on the run the next day. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to clarify for, I don't want to offend anyone that is religious. Um, it doesn't matter. I, what I'm trying to say is I'm comparing it to church because I feel like when you are new somewhere, so say you're move, you just moved and the one way of connecting with other people that are in your community is through something you love. So for people that are religious, it's easy to find a church in their same denomination and join. And it feels like family for runners on top of church or whatever else you, you choose to do with your life. Uh, it's, it's the same thing. You have this community that is connected through one thing, which is running. It doesn't matter yeah. what color you are. It doesn't matter female, doesn't matter gender. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's this boundless accepting thing of runners. You go to a running meetup and nobody cares about what you do, what you did in the past, what your employment is. You're all connected through running and you have this one thing in common. And it's, it's very, I feel like it's very open and embracing community. Most of the time people are not competing with you. They're trying to help you get better. And it makes it so easy to move across this country, across the world, because you'll always be connected with the same people in the same way that I feel like church probably does for other yeah. people. No, I absolutely 100% agree. Like you are always connected where you go. And, it, you know, again, it goes back to, can we travel solo to these races? Yes, you can, because you're probably going to make friends. You're going to meet new people or you're going to meet people online or no, sorry, that you've met online and you get to see them in person. Like that was so cool. Yeah. So that happened to you a lot. So maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit, because I know you had a couple of more um, meetups. Yeah, no. So I honestly, so I, through the podcast, honestly, podcasting is how I've met everybody on Instagram. I met everybody on Instagram and they're like, oh, I'll be here in Chicago. And I went to that influencer um, meetup that was taking place in the afternoon on Saturday. And it was just so cool to see everybody come to life. And like you said it about Boston, where it's like Instagram comes to life. These people that you interact with that are cheering you on throughout the year and you're cheering them on and you're kind of keeping up with each other and you're like events. It's so cool to see them in person now it's a little weird because i sometimes don't know everybody's name because i know their instagram handle and i'm like oh <laughs> my gosh like what is their name and i'm like i hope somebody else says it or maybe they'll introduce themselves but it's just really cool to see them in person <laughs> you're like hey run fast swimmer <laughs> right? you're like hey running podcast how are you doing <laughs> just like oh, what's oh my gosh <laughs> That's really funny. No, but I felt the same way. I was uh, at the expo and you, everyone knows Patrick Cutter. He's on, if you have an Instagram account and you have, you follow runners, highly likely you follow Patrick Cutter. He was a guest on my show before too. And the reason he is, or he was a guest is because he is super fast. He runs two thirties marathons in the two thirties and he's also a weightlifter. So contrary to um, the body image of what you think a runner would look like at that speed, he, he lifts weights and he's pretty muscular. So then we've talked about, you know, body image and that kind of stuff. So he's one of these examples. You see him walking around at the expo and you're like, Oh, wow, 
There's Instagram, Heather Schultz, same thing. You know, there's so many of them mm-hmm. that you just know. And I was actually talking to him. And by the, you know, during the five minutes we talked, there was at least five people that stopped him. And I took pictures of them together. <laughs> it's like a little oh, celebrity see? thing. Yeah, it really is. And it's so fun because everyone's so nice. Like I did not run into and, you know, gosh knows if somebody else did. I'm so sorry if you had a bad experience with somebody that you look up to on Instagram. But like everyone's just so nice. Like they're not celebrity status. They're like, yeah, you guys are runners, too. Like this is awesome. It doesn't matter how fast you are. Exactly. All right. So I know we touched on it a little bit before, but obviously we're all there for the race. So let's talk about the race itself. How do we make sure that we have a good racing experience? I'm going to say my, my biggest one. And I noticed I was doing it a little bit before Chicago. And then I kind of like shook myself out of it. Cause I noticed it was don't compare yourself to somebody else. I was listening to everybody. Oh, I want this time. I want a 315 or I want this. And that one guy we talked to right before the race, he wanted a sub three or he wanted like a 250. I know in my mind, I'm thinking, Oh, well, I'm just going to go out and have fun. But listening to other people, I was thinking, well, is that the right thing to do? Like, maybe I should be pushing myself. Am I even a runner if I don't push myself? But I caught myself and told myself, you know, you you didn't plan on racing this race. Just go out, redeem yourself from 2019 and have a good race. Like notice the buildings and notice like the crowds and read the signs. Don't just be focused on what's ahead of you. Look around, smile, enjoy the music. You don't have to wear music or listen to music. You can listen to the crowds. You know, like it, it was more listening to noticing the small things on this race for me than the bigger picture. I 100% agree with you, especially in the age of uh, Instagram and social media, which have so many benefits. But the whole comparing yourself to other people, even during the actual race, sometimes you run and next to you, there's somebody who kind of looks like you, you know, physique wise, and they're just going way harder than you. And, you know, if, if that happens, just you are you and they are them. You don't know them. You don't know their circumstances. You don't know why they are as fast as they are. Maybe they have all the time in the world to devote to running. Maybe they're just naturally faster, but don't try to keep up with them because you are on your own road and, you know, I guess stay in your lane and that stuff. And as you said, you know, noticing stuff, my 2019 Chicago, I didn't notice anything. I just looked down. People asked me afterwards, how was the race? Did you like the neighborhoods? And I was embarrassed to say I didn't look up at all. I just looked at my watch every 10 seconds. This time I looked at my watch three times in this race, like we said earlier, because of the buildings. I knew the watch was off anyway. And because I had managed my expectations, I knew this wasn't going to be my A race. I knew that I was just going to try to finish and I was going to die off eventually. And I think as long as you do that and listen to the person that, you know, in the starting shoot that says, look up, make sure you notice all the neighborhoods. If you really do that, I feel like you can have a very, very pleasant race. How did you feel when you crossed the finish line? Like, were you ready to do another race or were you like, oh, no, thank God this marathon's over. You're kind of ready for a break. Oh, I was ready to do another race. I was so happy. 
Right. And I think, I think right there, like that's how, you know, if you pushed yourself too hard or not, if you go across that finish line, you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm still on this runner's high. I'm going to be talking about this race for like weeks to come. You know, you had a good race. You know, you had a good race experience because you just, you're on cloud nine. Now I've had those races where you get across the finish line and you're like, yeah, I'm not doing this again for a while. Like this was awful. I'm done. I pushed myself too hard or I just didn't even enjoy it. I wasn't positive, you know, things like that. And that makes for a bad race experience, like a very negative running experience in general. You will almost want to quit. A hundred percent. And especially, and that's especially true if you are not in a place in your life where you know you're ready to PR. If you're ready to PR, go out there, give it your all, you know, vomit afterwards, you know, do whatever you need to do if you feel <laughs> like that's what's going to make you happy. But You know, like we said earlier, maybe you're in a phase of your life where it doesn't call for a PR or you've got other things going on. I feel like the worst thing you can do in those cases is to run so hard and then still not even get close to your PR because then you're just going to feel crappy about yourself because you know that when you did PR, you felt better than you do now. And mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of makes the whole experience not so great. And I mean, again, it goes back to how is the race... Um, How, how, how was your experience prior to the race? Like, were you happy? Were you excited to see people? Were you enjoying your time or were you stressing out, getting mad because you needed to do, you know, your routine the day before the race, you had to eat something, you had to be on a time schedule and nobody was working with you. Things were going wrong. Like what did that day before the race look like? I think that's the most important too. I think that's a really good point um, about the whole perception of things you need. If you dumb it down, people 40 years ago, I know that from my run coach, they didn't have alpha flies. They didn't even have Gatorade at the time. They just had water and they had, uh, what do they call them? Running flats, which oh, are yeah. just shoes that have soles like Converse did. And they just went out there. There wasn't so much you know, the industry, the running industry didn't, you know, take advantage of people as much as they do now by telling them you really need these shoes and your shoes expire after 200, 300, 400 miles. And it wasn't so much about making money off of that. So people just ran. And if you think about having your routine and you need to have this type of shake, if you're used to it and it's kind of, you know, comes natural to you, then that's great. But I feel like obsessing over it is mm -hmm. just going to contribute to not, not such a great experience. Yeah. And I love, I love that so many people we talk to, there's such an obsession with this goo. I like, I'm personally not someone that's a really big person on nutrition during the race. Like I, my coach was one of those that told me, just run, just stop focusing on everything. I'll just run. Like, just, just do your best. Just keep going forward. Like you'll be fine. You know, just eat well before the race. And, but people are so obsessed with the goo. They, every 45 minutes, they pull one out and they have to take in the entire goo. And I feel like we, as a, as a running community, we've gotten so obsessed with it because now there's like 500,000 goos. There's like 700,000 electrolyte drinks. And, you know, people are getting sick. Like we're not doing as much as you know, we're not doing as well as we want to. And the shoe obsession is just going insane with these, the vapor flies, all the other shoes that are trying to compete with them. I mean, I think it's gotten, it, we're really starting to feed into the 
corporation and just not even the corporations, but like the businesses themselves on just letting them sell us things, thinking that's going to make us better. But it's really just putting in the work, like just go out and run, do your training, do your intervals, do your tempo runs. I promise you're probably going to see a bigger increase there than you are with a lot of these um, substances that we're going to either buy or take. And like, granted, they do help. Don't, don't get me wrong. I've taken things when I've hit a hard wall because I didn't do things correctly, but in the, in, in the scheme of things, it's really your training. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and as you've noticed too, and we'll talk about this here in a minute, uh, we did go to the VIP tent. We were lucky to do that. And in there oh, you yes. found these runners that are really fast. I felt like <laughs> the odd man out, like one of these things did not fit, but it was amazing. Right. And most of those people have a very simple running routine and they don't mm -hmm. obsess about that. Like look at our friend, Sam, that got us into the VIP tent. She's a sub three hour runner. She doesn't even know what Morton is and she just runs. So yeah. there's something to be said about the really fast runners. Obviously it's talent, hard work. And then of course you can change stuff up a little bit, but it's it's all relative and so long as i mean don't imprison yourself with these obsessions that's basically the point here mm -hmm. like i always think it's really just the the nutrition the day before the race the days leading up to the race i guess it's not really just the before it's the, it's the whole week leading up to the race are you eating correctly are you being kind to your body i think that makes the most difference The biggest difference for me and there's one so this is kipchoge he had said the other day if i can offer one piece of advice it would be to learn to control the mind and train each day with a positive attitude i love that when i read that i was like that's honestly the biggest thing too it's really your mind like running's probably you know i would i'm gonna say 40 physical 60 mental because it's a matter of keep going your body can do it but can your mind a lot of people will tell themselves they can't run and they will never run Yeah, very, very true. We're going to have to um, link that quote in the description because that's a really beautiful yeah. quote. Yeah. So the last one for how to make an amazing race experience is, okay, so we've talked about pre-race, day before the race, the actual race. And let's talk about some things that you can do after the race. Um, unless you are so done that you have to go to your hotel room and take a shower, eat and sleep, If you have the energy, you can still make this whole race into an amazing experience by attending a few events after the race. And what, some of those, like usually when you walk off the finish line, they have the, they have the after party. I think in Chicago, it was the 27th mile is what they called it. And they have the after party. They, I, we didn't, we didn't really get there. So I'm not really sure what was there. <laughs> no, I had looked it up and there's, it's kind of like the, uh, the pre-race runs, the shakeout runs, organizations like Nike or brands like, you know, run empire, whatever they have those planned. There's breweries and in Germany for example, there was a beer garden. Again, you can choose to host your own, invite all your friends or, you know, try to find one via Facebook groups, running clubs that host them. Um, in our case, we had a few, I had a few lined up at the brewery. There were some breweries that sounded really good, but even we didn't even make it there, like you said, because our friend Sam got us into the VIP tent. I think it was called the Premier Lounge for runners and that I was at first just going to go there for a little while and then take a shower and then head out to a brewery or something like that. But it, you know, we were in there for quite a while and it was a pretty amazing experience. Oh my gosh. It was such an incredible experience. And just to see, because we got to see, um, 
the awards for like the top winners, not just the age groups, but like the top awards. And that was such an experience itself. It absolutely was. It was, again, kind of the whole Instagram or I guess Runner's World magazine popping to life. We saw the the finishing male finishing winner of the Chicago race. We saw the marathon world record holder female, Bridget, um, and we actually were able to take a picture with her. So that was super cool. And I think what's kind of cool, it kind of goes back to I keep saying this, but what we did at the very or that we were traveling alone. Like if I personally, and I thought about this, if I was traveling alone, I probably, we wouldn't have gotten that experience. I definitely would have had to decline, go off my separate way. Yes. We would have had another good experience, you know, hanging out with family and friends and having dinner. But I feel like if you're really into the running community, it's cool to do stuff that involves them. And when you travel alone, you don't feel selfish about it because you'd be hanging out by yourself anyway. So that was really cool that it was kind of a, timeless thing. You could go there for however long you wanted to. I think we stayed there for a few hours. Um, it was nice. They had everything catered and it was fresh food for not that you were able to eat anything because, you know, after a run, it's not like you, I feel like after a marathon, it's hard to eat for the first few hours anyway. Yeah. I can never eat within the first six, at least six, if not like probably to the evening, um, depending on what time the race is. I've never, it's like my stomach has been shaken up for like three and a half hours as I've run this race. Like my stomach does not want to eat. Yeah. I Googled that. And I think it's because you're running and all the blood goes to your legs and arms. And so there we go. You're not interested in it. I had zero interest in food. I had zero interest in, I would have had a beer if they had a beer, but I think they had the hard seltzers. So I had one of those and then just kind of watched and, um, you know, watched the crowd there. That was cool. And talked to other runners. Uh, we did see Alberto Salazar and Hal Higdon. So that was cool. And probably a lot more runners that are very fast that we weren't even aware of. Yeah. And I mean, we saw, um, oh my gosh, I had his name too. And I could see it on the back of his shirt. Cause we were sitting, it was on um, the wheelchair winner. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. I'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. So that was a really cool experience. Just hanging out, talking, running. And I think they also in the tent next to it had massages available and they gave us those finisher capes just, you know, just to say, If you have the energy to attend an event, do it. I've had positive experiences at beer gardens, at bars, at breweries in Boston, and now at a VIP tent, which, you know, now I kind of want to go (laughs) do the VIP tent experience again next time, Mm -hmm. which is not going to happen. But it just goes to show if you are able to ramp up a little bit more energy, it can also turn your entire running weekend into even something better. It really can. And just enjoy it. Just go out there and have fun. Yes. That's the bottom line. Um, Have fun. You're doing this, you know, unless you're getting paid (laughs) to do this. Uh, Most of us (laughs) don't. So just, you know, make it part of your life experiences and make it a positive one. Don't dwell on bad times that you, you know, bad running time or anything like that, because, you know, we only have one life at the end of the day. So you can choose your attitude on how you perceive something, which I do have to laugh. The funniest story. And I know we're probably running out of time. The funniest story I heard was one guy was saying, yeah, when I, my Lyft driver from the airport was asking, oh, so you're here from the, for the marathon. And he was like, oh yeah, I'm here for the marathon. He's like, do you get paid for this? And he was like, no. 
And he was like, why are you running the race then? And he was like, well, you, you know, he's like made me stop and think. I was like, I would too. But, you know, in the end, it's because we're crazy enough to enjoy this <laughs> and spend yes. money to do it. <laughs> it's an awful and awesome hobby. With that, um, Sarah, are you going to sign up for Chicago again? You know, I'm, I'm debating it. I want to see if we get into Berlin. Like, it would be cool if we got into Berlin. I feel like if we got into Berlin, I wouldn't do Chicago again. That's the thing, you know, I was thinking the same thing. And then I'm looking at the time of when the lottery window closes and it's mm. at a time when we don't know about Berlin at Berlin yet. No. I know you and I both are in the lottery for Berlin. So I'm kind of, you know, stuck with this too, because I definitely do want to run a fall race. But I don't want to necessarily run too. So it's, you know, it's one of those. Right. I know. It's like, but like at the same time, I've also thought like there's so many awesome races around the country in the fall where maybe I'll just pick a new state. Cause like, I don't know, eventually I want to run a race in all 50 states. That's going to take probably 50 years, but you know, it would be cool if I could find a new one somewhere, you know, outside of maybe Chicago, maybe in Indiana, the Indianapolis marathon in November looks fun. Um, I think it's usually New York city weekend or the weekend after, I don't know, one of those. All right. Well, thanks for talking to me about this and, um, we'll be in touch and I guess, uh, we'll find out and we'll find out in December if we, if we're going to Berlin, I know. And here another podcast will erupt. <laughs> Let's hope so. Cross off. Thanks fingers. for having me on. Of course. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. Thank you, Sierra, for talking to me. And hopefully there is a few helpful hints about how to make your marathon weekend the best and have you spending more money on uh, future marathons. <laughs> and maybe if anyone else has tips on how to make their marathons better, they could, they could tag us on Instagram at running podcast. That's a great idea. So you want to close it out and, uh, Get on with our Friday night <laughs> and uh, maybe try to find our kids in their costumes. The ninja and uh, Jesse from Toy Story. Oh, yes. The ninja might be hard to find. He's been hard to find. Okay, so. <laughs> All right. So with that, if you guys have any topics that you would like for us to discuss, we're easily reached at Running Podcast on Instagram. I also want to invite everyone to join our running group on Facebook called Speed Striders. And with that... Have a great week of running and happy Halloweener. <laughs>